Well, I'm excited this morning to be able to share with you and continue on in our series, The Paradoxes of Jesus. For some of you, you've heard bits of my story before, but I want to share a little bit uh, with you as I start about when I lived in India. And during my time there, at one point, I actually found my entire life flipped upside down. I don't know, maybe you've had those experiences in your own life where you have a plan, and I had a plan. I knew what I was doing. I knew that I was where I was supposed to be. I had no doubts about that. But then all of a sudden, everything went sideways. <clears throat> now, if you know me, I like to be in control. And this situation was anything but controlled, I assure you. In fact, the government had gotten involved in things and tensions were really high. It was a very stressful time. I was the acting VP of a college. You can see that's a little bit of my classroom there, very different than our SIRS building here. Um, in fact, the goats would come walking in to the middle of my class when I was teaching, so I'm sure that won't happen here at SIRS. But um, at one point, I ended up having to send all of the students of our college back to their homes, back to their villages. <clears throat> I had to liquidate all of the assets of our college um, and take that money to help pay 51 of our church plants, their pastors. Um, that's one of our pastors. Well, I don't He's in there holding the Bible in the white, but that's one of our churches that we had planted in the area. And so I had to take all of those resources and help give money to people. <clears throat> you can imagine stress was high. Sleep for me was very elusive. In fact, uh, stress became my middle name. At 24 years old, I started going gray because of the stress, and I actually quarreled with God. <laughs> I had some arguments with him, and I said, how can this possibly be what you've called me to? In fact, Jesus, I gave up my life to follow you, and this is what I get? Chaos? Really? Well, I'm going to tell you that there is a lot that I learned <clears throat> through my time in India. And in the height of all of that stress and chaos, God's word spoke to me, and this verse from John 12 came to life for me. And it says, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, <clears throat> excuse me, how can it bear fruit? You see, it's a symbolic verse of the life of Christ himself, that when he gave of himself, new life came. He sacrificed his life so that you and I could have an abundance of life. His life and death weren't in vain, and his suffering had purpose. I love how the message puts the rest of this passage. It says, in the same way, anyone who holds onto life just as it is, is destroyed by that life. But if you let go, reckless in your love, you'll have it forever real, and eternal. If any of you wants to serve me, then follow me. Then you'll be where I am, ready to serve at a moment's notice. The Father will honor and reward anyone who serves me. Well, we are in a series right now called The Paradoxes of Jesus. <clears throat> and today we're looking at what it means to lose our lives. I know, super exciting, right? Woohoo! <laughs> Glad I came to church. <laughs> well, it's not an easy thing, and in fact, it can feel very, very countercultural to talk about losing our lives. And in Jesus' time, I'm sure that it made people's heads turn a bit 
when he first spoke about it. And I don't think it's any different today. In fact, I think it may be even more so in our day and age and our culture where success and establishing ourselves is praised. Matthew 16, 24 to 26 is our passage this morning. So I'm going to read it for you, and then I'm also going to read it in the message. It says, And Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. But whoever wants to save their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? The message puts it this way. Then Jesus went to work on his disciples. Anyone who intends to come to me, come with me, has to let me lead. You are not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way. It's my way to finding yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but to lose yourself? Why could you ever trade your soul for? What could you ever trade your soul for? Sorry. Well, there's three things I want to highlight this morning, and then I'm going to actually have uh, Carrie from our community come and share with us a little bit about her journey. But I want to talk about the Jesus path and what it requires from our lives. And the Jesus path requires us to let go of our own desires and follow him. And I'll be honest that this is not always an easy thing to do. In fact, it can be really intimidating and overwhelming. But the very first thing I want to talk about is the Jesus path is counterintuitive. This verse that we've just read is actually the opposite of what we're so often taught. You and I have been raised and encouraged to do what society says. We want to be in the driver's seat, but the Jesus path asks us to put him in the driver's seat. We're told that we need to chase our dreams, that we need to go out and make life happen, that we can find motivation through self-help books, music, movies, podcasts, and that we're responsible to figure it out and be successful at whatever it is that we do. And trust me, those things are good and helpful. But when it comes to the nature of our soul, Jesus is telling us the complete opposite. He says we need to actually lose our lives in order to be able to find it. It's a journey of discovery. Our life is a gift, and how we live it truly does matter. We can spin our wheels doing all the right things that lead us towards success, fulfillment, and meaning in our lives, but unless it's done within the framework of living a life of surrender to him, it's actually meaningless. It's kind of empty. Yes, we may have success, and live a life of impact. But God is calling us to lose ourselves so that we can find him in our story, in our journey, so that we can find him. And when we do, the efforts and the things that we do in life carry far greater meaning and purpose. You and I actually find ourselves, and then we serve others with a different perspective, and it brings deeper meaning and joy to our lives. Our culture and our society teach us to fend for ourselves, 
that no one's going to do the hard work for you, that you got to show up and you got to figure it out. Jesus, on the other hand, says, show up and let me lead. Surrender to my ways and you are actually going to find greater meaning and purpose for your life. You see, our success is not measured by the world's standards. And this can be really difficult for us to grasp in our lives. Our impact in life isn't measured by how much money we make, our job title, how many boards we sit on and serve, or how good our grades are, or how many degrees we have, how many likes we get on a post, or how many friends we have on Instagram. Our success is actually based on living a life of surrender to Jesus and allowing him to work through us, the seeds of our life scattered for his sake, not our own. The path of Jesus is counterintuitive. <clears throat> the second thing, the path of Jesus requires surrender. Surrender is another step in our own spiritual journey and development. It is a process. It's a step towards holiness in our lives. You see, when you and I voluntarily put ourselves under his leading in our lives, it's actually a step towards humility, towards recognizing our need for him. It acknowledges that we cannot save ourselves, nor can we change ourselves. But it's by his grace and his work in us that we become who he wants us to be. We can have great ambitions for our lives, but unless we understand who God wants us to be, we can spin our wheels and never fully land where we need to be. You see, dying to self isn't easy. It calls us to a posture of openness and willingness to let go of what we think life should be and to give ourselves over to God's way for us. It means to relinquish control. It does not mean that your and my life will not have suffering or pain, but it does mean that there's going to be hope in our journey. It does mean that there's going to be his strength to carry us through. And it does mean the way of surrender leads us towards actually who he desires us to be. I think one of the best ways to actually surrender to God is to be honest with him. God is not scared of the issues or doubts in our lives. In fact, he isn't even shocked about where we are or where we've come from. He's a big God. He knows. And I think you and I need to be open and real with God when we talk with him as we work through the stuff in our lives. Trusting God with all of our heart is an act of faith. A surrendering of our doubts and of our fears. It means entrusting our lives, our plans, and our futures into his capable hands. It means putting him in the driver's seat. And that can be, feel very vulnerable and overwhelming at times. Because if you're like me, I like to have it figured out. I like to be in control. It involves seeking his guidance, following his word, aligning our will with his, and choosing to rely on his promises for our lives. So let me ask, how do we do this? How are we supposed to surrender our lives to him? Well, there are certainly the big things in life, like accepting his love and forgiveness, 
and surrendering our lives and asking him to be our savior. There's also the big things in life, like what you're going to do and asking him to help you and guide you as you step into that next season of your journey. But what does it look like in your everyday life to choose to surrender? Practically, it can mean working to relinquish your fears and your anxieties and choosing to trust God when we actually don't know how it's all going to unfold. That can be a really overwhelming place to sit. Maybe surrender looks like having an open posture and being willing to walk through an open door or an opportunity before us, even if it doesn't feel like it's exactly what you want right now in life. I remember Anthony doing this years ago in a time of transition. You know Anthony? Well, he was a mailman, a mail carrier, a letter carrier. That's not Anthony at all. (laughs) He stepped into a job to provide for our family and an opportunity. Now, he learned a lot through that. But I will tell you, if you know him, that's not him. But he did it as God led him and entered into a time of waiting. And it was a provision for our family. Surrender is choosing to trust God's leading. Surrender in our lives may look like extending care towards someone in need, whereas in the past, we have maybe just kept on walking and not really paid attention. Surrender may be a willingness to look at areas of pain or disappointment in our lives and allowing God to step into them and lead us towards healing and forgiveness and and finding him in the midst of all of it to find our true selves. You know, I was preparing for this. I was thinking about posture. And I had this thought, you know, I used to watch cartoons when I was a kid. Sometimes I do now as a big person. But I always remember, like, the cartoons, they'd wave wave the white flag of surrender. Or you'd have, like, the, I don't know, Samity Sam come up with his gun and, like, to the rabbit or whatever, Bugs Bunny, and tell him to put him up. And, and surrender was always this posture of, like, head down, hands up. <laughs> like, oh, this is terrible. And as I was thinking about this, I was like, oh, there's actually something different here. This surrender is not this, what was me. This posture is actually this, complete opposite. Not this doubt of, like, Lowliness, this is terrible. But this posture of openness. The third thing is this. The Jesus path offers new life. Jesus path isn't the path of society. It's a posture of surrender. It's not always glamorous or ideal. It is a sacrifice. And we often look for new life in all the wrong places when it can only be found in Jesus and our surrender to him. You see, new life starts from within. It's allowing God to do the work in our lives in those deep places. It involves introspective reflection, being vulnerable, and being willing to embrace discomfort in the process. Surrender isn't easy. Brene Brown, many of you would be familiar with her research, and I've spoken about her before, but her mom just passed away in December. And in reflecting on that, she wrote about this significant loss in her life. And and she referenced a podcast that she had done with her friend, Sarah Lewis. And she said this, it's not the surrender of giving up, but the surrender of giving over. Giving over versus giving up. 
I think sometimes we think that we have to have a posture of surrender to God and he's going to ask us to give up everything in our lives, that we have to give up who we are. Rather than asking God to give us a posture of surrender that puts ourselves into a position of willingness to give over, to lay our selfish desires down and trust him to guide us in the journey. Surrender is not about giving up. (laughs) It's actually a call to dependence. It allows us to see our own inadequacies and to learn to depend on God's leading and love in our lives. You know, in our own personal journey as a family, life has not unfolded how we anticipated or dreamed, and yet I choose to hold on to God, to give him the broken dreams that I have and to embrace the journey that has been set before us. I've learned I have no control over any of it, (laughs) but I do choose to lean in and embrace what God wants to show us through this. And I've discovered that there is a richer goodness to be found and a deeper meaning that comes from the journey that we are on. The Jesus path is part of dying to self. It's where we choose to give over to Jesus, our lives and our journey, and not holding on to what we think and what society tells us that we should do or who we should be, but to understand that when we have a posture of giving over to him, we find life, we find hope, and we find those parts of us he designed to actually come to life. When we're surrendered to Jesus, he begins to shape us how he wants and how he sees best. Rick Warren in... uh, One of his messages, he's written a number of books and is a known pastor from the United States, and many of you would be familiar with him, but he says this, you know you are surrendered to God when you rely on God to work things out, instead of trying to manipulate others, force your agenda, and control the situation. You can let go and let God work. You don't always have to be in charge. You see, God's not trying to change you as much as he's trying to change your attitude towards what it is that you do. In my research, I came across a blog that's called Velvet Ashes, and the author of it, her name is Teresa Bloom, and she says this, what if a surrender of ourselves is not a kind of giving up or admitting defeat, But what if surrender is actually an embrace, turning to the fullness of God's grace and resting in it? What a beautiful picture. Surrender isn't about defeat, woe is me. It's about turning to God. And what if surrender is actually an embrace of him, his affirmation of who it is that he's called us to be? I'm going to actually ask Carrie to come up. And, Anth, if you can pass her the microphone on the way, that would be great. I want to leave you with this quote by Rick Warren, and then I want to just talk with Carrie for a little bit, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about who she is. But trust is an essential ingredient to surrender. You won't surrender to God unless you trust him, but you can't trust him until you know him better. Fear keeps us from surrendering, but love casts out fear. 
The more you realize how much God loves you, the easier surrender becomes. Now, for those of you who don't know, this is Carrie Bradley. Her husband, uh, Joel, and two daughters moved here from Colorado, correct? About five years ago? Yeah. And Carrie is a wife. She's a mom. She's an athlete, a triathlete. She does marathons. She has podcasts. She's a coach. There's many aspects to who Carrie is. But I asked Carrie to come and share with us today because a couple weeks ago, Carrie wrote a, a post. And she was talking about when she moved here to Canada, how she felt a little bit lost. And as I've watched Carrie's journey over the years, I have just been blessed by her tenacity and her willingness to step out. And so Carrie, I want to ask you to share a little bit about your journey, about what surrender has been like for you as you've walked through this process of discovering more of who you really are right now in this season of your life. So I know that's big and overwhelming, but as you feel that, I want you to share a little bit with us today. Sure. Is this on? Yeah. Uh, well, let me first acknowledge. Maybe my face will turn red. I might cry. I just, like, it's all um, good. <laughs> yeah, and it feels really vulnerable to me to speak in front of others. It's not um, something that comes naturally. So um, mm. that's just part of my journey is like not recognizing maybe God made me um, to be a little quiet or introverted and I think this journey has, has, in large part, has just been accepting how he made me. And um, and I think my entire life, maybe I've felt like I've not enough. And mm-hmm. um, and like the, perfect, the reason my podcast is called Plucky, Not Perfect, is because mm-hmm. um, I've always been a perfectionist and trying to earn um, God's love and be pleasing to people. And... Um, I think just accepting, maybe I'm not enough in myself, and, um, but that I need God, and yet through his love and his death on the cross, that, he, um, that I'm enough in him. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if that answers your question. I yeah. just feel like I needed to say that. No, I think that's great. And, you know, like me asking Carrie to share today, I knew it was completely out of her comfort zone. Um, and, yeah, she was like, yes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love her. But here's the thing, Carrie, I know that when you came here, um, you weren't really sure what to do with your life. And how has your life evolved since you've come here to where you are now? You've talked about Plucky, Not Perfect. This is her podcast. Um, She interviews athletes, um, all sorts of people. And I'm super proud of her because she has so stepped out of her comfort zone. She's a coach. You've taken up swimming. You've learned, like, she's learned so much. But I don't want to take that from you. I want you to share with us, when you came here to Canada, that sense of maybe empty or loss that you felt and how God has led you to rediscover these parts of you that have been there all along, but how now you're using that in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my often a, a prompt in my journal, I'll write, what would my seven-year-old self think of me now or um, so my seven-year-old self, <laughs> I grew up on a ranch in Montana, and so when I was little, I thought maybe I wanted to be an equestrian and go to the Olympics and ride horses, and, but I always loved to write also, so I always wanted to write a book, and, um, and then I went to college and um, studied journalism. I thought maybe I'd work at Focus on the Family, and that never worked out, but the job I got led me to meet my husband, and so, yeah, God just orchestrates everything so perfectly even the way it's not what we expect and so mm-hmm. um we we met in Colorado we were living there I was um 
I did work at the Christian Booksellers Association as, as an editor for a while and enjoyed that, but then just felt a call to do something else and went to massage therapy school, and, and I was happy doing that while I had raised kids, and then um, we, we kind of felt this tug to um, come be closer to Joel's parents in their later years, and um, just thought, what if we could move to Vancouver? And um, so we um, prayed about it and like thought that it was kind of really far off, like not a possibility, but Joel was able to ask for permission to work remotely, and they didn't really do that back then, but they allowed it, and so <clears throat> we just decided to try it for a year, and um, and then once we were here, we <laughs> realized it was so much work, we couldn't just leave his parents and pack up and move back to Colorado, but I couldn't practice massage therapy here without going back to school and get, because the, the requirements um, for registration are very different, so yeah, I was kind of left like, well, I was getting my PR, um, permanent residency, so I wasn't allowed to earn money for a year, so I was kind of like, what do I do now? <laughs> I don't so I tried a bunch of things. I worked at a yoga studio. I got rejected at Starbucks. and like, <laughs> um, Couldn't get a job once I, once I did get my PR. Like, mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I tried um, teaching spinning, which I enjoyed. And I, I just kind of went into this, like, who am I and what do I want to do with the rest of my life? And mm-hmm. um, um, So, yeah, I still feel like I'm on that journey. Like, I don't mm-hmm. feel like I've arrived, but I feel like... I've started to use the skills and mm-hmm. abilities that God has given me and like being okay with, I think I often compare myself to other people and think mm. if I were somebody else, I um, could do things better. But like he, he made me so that I love to run and I have experience in that. So how can I help people mm-hmm. um, who also do that? And um, yeah. That's awesome. Like, since Carrie's come here, she's done triathlons, right? Mm-hmm. You've done marathons. You've, in, you've brought your kids into all of that. She's coaching other people. She's learning how to swim better. She's coaching people in swimming. And I think part of that journey, as I've watched you, is I think we can, all of us in life, can find times where we're floundering a bit and we're like, now what do I do? What am I supposed to do? But as you've relinquished, I feel, more of yourself and becoming more comfortable with who you are, more of those internal things of who God really designed you to be has come out. And just from someone who's been watching it, I think it's pretty special. Um, Carrie talks with people on her podcast, different athletes, different things. She's been influential in, in just building relationship in the community. But what I've really appreciated about watching your journey is that aspect of surrender. And you might not even identify it as that, but I do when I watch you because I watch you continually stepping outside of your comfort zone and shedding off those things that it's like plucky. Can you tell us what plucky means? Plucky is determined courage. Yeah. So plucky not perfect. And so as you've walked this journey of realizing perfectionism is not going to take you where you need to go, but plucky is really what defines so much of your life, I think that in that, God has honored you. And that surrender to step outside of your comfort zone, and we don't like to do that, but when you have done it, I find that there's this other aspect of you that comes to life that is truly beautiful. So 
I think it's wonderful. So thank you. Just for your obedience, because surrender is not easy. And like I said earlier, surrender doesn't mean that we're not going to have pain or suffering or curiosity or questions or doubt, right? Have you identified with those things? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But it helps that I, I can trust God. I know that he has my best interests in mind. Mm-hmm. It might not be how, turn out how I expected, but like that it's going to be good. It's going to be better than I planned. Yeah, I love that. Do you see this posture? This posture isn't this, oh, I'm defeated. No, what am I going to do? My life sucks. I'm not uh, to this posture of openness and going, I wonder what I'm good at. I wonder what God wants me to do and being curious. And I want to encourage you today in your journey, no matter where you're at, to look at your posture before God and to think about how are you approaching the things in your life? I know our time is up, but what is your posture today? Do you have like this desire to control everything and your fists are clenched and you're like, oh, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to muscle through this. Or do you have a willingness to open your hands and to look up and surrender and say, God, would you help me discover who you want me to be? Because I'm going to tell you, Carrie can do a lot of things in her own strength, but she's even better when she can do things in God's strength than when he leads her. And so I just, I don't know if there's anything you want to say in closing, but I just want to say thank you. Is there anything you want to share? No. But I just want to say thank you to her because um, you have been an inspiration to me. So this plucky, not perfect, speaks to me, and I'm sure it will speak to you as well. So thank you for sharing with us today. Thank you, Michelle. You inspire me. Oh, thank you. I'm going to have Anth come up. I know I've gone a little bit longer today, so I apologize for that. Um, But in our closing today, I'm going to come back up, and I want to lead us through, after communion, um, a little exercise in our posture as we close. Is that okay? All right, so Anth, if you want to come.